I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode six of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast, our review of round five and preview of round six. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota United Public Relations, making sure you get quality coverage for your not-so-quality loons. Uh, oh, wait, wait, no, no. Uh, actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss. And tonight I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello there. Doing well. I'd just like to add for all of the, the listeners we have in Minnesota, this this uh, brought to you by this week was given to us by Mr. Michael Denton. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I didn't want to, I bragged on Twitter. We cover the Minnesota United Loons every week. Uh, granted, our coverage usually is in, consists of telling our listeners how bad they are and how you should pick teams and players who are playing the Minnesota United Loons. But, you know, we're covering. So, uh, Calvo, we are doing what you want. So hopefully you're going to plug our podcast, even though we make fun of you pretty much on a weekly basis. <laughs> hey, I mean, they got all the goals in that game. They did. Sure. And Calvo did the goals. I mean, we, he should have been player of the week, I think. Clearly. clearly. I mean, that trap in... I'm, I'm sure Atlanta fans are going to vote that is as the goal of the week because I don't <laughs> think there was a better goal of the week. Was there, guys? Uh, I can't think of anything. Nothing nothing comes to mind as what might have been better than that. I, you know what? I, I take that back. There was an amazing goal by a Swede outside the box. Um, you know, helped, helped his uh, team come back, tie it up later on. Uh, he would help the team, uh, you know, win. Uh, obviously, it's Tinner home with a Tinner boom. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, let's go ahead and talk about uh, how our teams did, guys. This was definitely uh, a strange week full of a lot of unexpected things. So, Mike, what about your team? Oh, uh, New York City won on the road is great. Oh, no. Uh, my fantasy team, uh, not that great. Uh, Red Arrows, if that was still a thing. Uh, 61 points. Um, I got crushed because I went in hard on TFC's defense and like switcheroos and keeperoos, and that didn't pan out. And so when the alternatives went even worse because I went in Stefan instead of Irwin, and so that lost me three points. Um, Captain Elise, which didn't work out, although my backup of Higuain wasn't going to do any much better. Uh, but at least I had Vela and his 15 points, and I got Zardes and his goal and price decrease, which we'll get to later. Um, midfield did okay, but I mean, there weren't a whole lot of clean sheets, um, before, but yeah, kind of a hum hum round, but I increased in value at 114.9. So pretty decent overall. Blaine. Yeah. 55 points on the round. One, a few head to head matches. So that probably tells you more about who I played than actually how I did. Um, yeah, not too thrilled with this one. Uh, my slow start to the season is continuing. I think this first half of the year is going to just be a slow start as we try to figure this whole game out. Um, yeah, not too happy with how I did this week. Did not have Vela. I went with Rossi thinking he was going to replicate again and get a couple more assists or anything going on that game, and that really burned me. 
I'm kind of in the same boat that you are, Blaine. I had 54 points. Uh, I lost all of my head-to-heads this round, uh, though they were all close, which indeed, yes, this does show you uh, sort of the way a lot of the fantasy scores went to this round. So don't feel bad if, if you were sort of not producing like you were the last few weeks. Uh, I also picked the wrong LAFC forward with Rossi not doing much, at least not doing much for me at all either. I went with the Higuain captain, Mike, so I got a big eight points there, so that was good. Um, I think my my uh, my highest scoring player was Rossi, but after that was Castillo over on Dallas or on uh, <laughs> Colorado with, with their uh, nice little performance this week. But uh, pretty just, just not some great performance, but I did prioritize some point value changes this round, and so I actually increased by almost $4 million, million, hundred dollars, whatever our little our fantasy point dollar amount thing is here. But uh, I'm at 114.7 now in value, so I think I got a lot to play with in this next coming round. Yeah, and I mean, to, in fairness to players who struggled this week, this was a really weird week. I think there were eight games that were Eastern Conference versus Western Conference matchups, and there were only two wins for the home sides in those. And usually that's a blowout for the home side. Um, so just a kind of a weird week all around home side struggling in general, which I think always throws fantasy players. For and weird people scoring like Breck Shea. Yeah. Breck Shea. I, I mean, I know a lot of people wanted uh, Columbus to do well. That didn't, I mean, some of the big scores were Orlando, you know, it's like, did you want to ride the Orlando bandwagon? You know, for the first half he did and the second half he did. Um, just kind of weird up and down road teams winning. I mean, David Villa being in the lineup and then not being in the lineup, you know, just. <laughs> That's true. But this hey, was Blaine, because MLS. You got your Gutierrez goal, Blaine. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps on coming. I mean, I almost threw that one out there for goal of the week this week. That back heel by Briant was pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's give a quick breakdown of uh, some of the games that happened this week uh, from the fantasy highlights for some of these games. A little bit different this week. I know we've been running long the past few episodes, so trying to cut it down. I'm going to give you my breakdown of all these games, and Mike and Blaine are going to chime in at the end with anything else they wish to add or anything they want to call me on these breakdowns. Starting out with uh, Toronto RSL. Uh, Toronto has their eye on the prize, clearly. Um, They had rotations again with this round, though not as much in the offensive section as we would have expected, both Josie and Gio playing. Both of them getting, I think, six shots each, but it was Josie's end up going into the goal and uh, some unfortunate times for Gio if you were his owner. Um, I think there might be some cause of concern maybe with RSL going forward, uh, but not not too much. This was a road game against a very good Toronto team, but uh, I think there may be some hesitation for me with RSL and fantasy side, just sticking with some of the big names and when they're at home until some more of the games start going their way. I'm moving into Orlando, like we did mention, Orlando Red Bulls. Uh, they Orlando needed this win. They they needed something to get back, and the Red Bulls are CCL bound. That's we know that Toronto <clears throat> and Red Bulls are going to have some of this rotation. It's it's what we expected to happen. So I don't think a lot needs to be read into this game as far as Toronto being able to run up or. Orlando being able to run up the score. It was nice, though, to see Dwyer get his uh, goals. So I think from the fantasy point of view, if Dwyer's building confidence in the right situation, he'll be a good guy to look at as someone you might want to add to your team. And here's something key for Orlando. Uh, They started off in a diamond formation, which if you 
pay attention to Orlando Twitter. They flipped out all over it. They switched to a 4-2-3-1, had a lot more success in the second half. I think that's going to be key if Jason Christ is willing to go to that formation because that really fits Miram, Coleman, and Sasha and Dwyer better than uh, the 4-4-2 Diamond. So if we see that again this week against the Portland Timbers, I think Atlanta, or excuse me, Orlando will be much more viable at home. Definitely. Uh, moving down to the Columbus-Vancouver game, where Vancouver disappointed us last round. They surprised us this round again, but with a win. Um, they're starting to put together a nice little run of road wins, so Vancouver may be a team that is kind of like, I think it was maybe New England last year. They did fairly well at times on the road. Maybe that was, I don't know. Think about the Galaxy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Vancouver is doing some decent things on the road, so they may be that one team that you take a, a little punt on every now and then um, with, a, with a favorable match. And as Mike mentioned earlier, Zardes did score, so that's something to keep in mind. I think this is his fourth goal in five games or third goal in four games, something like that. He's he's really four getting five, yeah. He's getting his shots and he's getting his chances and he's making them connect. Though, like you said, Mike, the value's not always there. Yeah, I mean, this is the one we had a price decrease, which I was surprised by. Um, the only thing I can figure is that the three-week average, which you do see on the player profile, um, is playing a role in the price increase because the 13-point uh, game that he had in round two fell off of the three-week average, and so his three-week average went down because uh, he only scored uh, one goal, and so he only got seven points this week. So that's the only thing I can figure um, Take from that. Fords are going to be very volatile price-wise. Uh, it's going to be very hard to predict, and you're going to have to do a lot of research if you want to stay on top of the price game because it's not it's five-week average, three-week average, and keep that in track, and it's not all that easy to get to the player profiles. So just kind of keep that in mind. So going to talk about some guys whose averages could be bouncing around a lot soon. L.A. versus LAFC. El Trafico, the big derby that everybody was waiting for that started out in a way that nobody expected. And I, I imagine a bunch of people tuned out of this game and then came back into it later thinking, what in the world happened? Second time in MLS history that a team has come back from three down to win. And it was it was a, a joy. To, it was just ridiculous. I was going to say joy to watch, but it was just absolutely ridiculous uh, from that that uh, sloppy play with Failhaber that started the goals coming to the two amazing goals that Zlatan scored. Um, Mike called it. He said Zlatan's going to come in there near the end of the game. He's going to get two goals, and that's the only way he's going to see a price rise, and that's exactly what happened, and he rose by 0.4. Um, if you took him, congratulations. If you didn't, I didn't either. I totally understand. Coming in with, what, two days with the team, no real practice, and doing that is, is just ridiculous, but hey, hashtag because MLS. Going forward, I think he's definitely going to be a goal threat and someone to consider, but uh, it's it's good to have these rolling transfers to see if he's going to be in the lineup because I think I want to have him with he's more than just a super sub because that does have a risk of a value drop. Other part for this game, I think fantasy managers need to make sure they remember uh, Vela was getting all the points and all the looks this time compared to Rossi, and I think that's probably what we're going to see going forward with uh, – Bella being better than Rossi in that head-to-head -head match, if you weren't already there. Um, I know a lot of us were looking at just the production Rossi had had already and thought that could be uh, continuing. But uh, Bella over Rossi, I think, for me, do you guys agree? Yeah, after seeing the game, yeah. Yep. He's down that middle, too. So Chicago-Portland, kind of a snoozer. Nothing really new here. Uh, when 
Blanco maybe is a little bit better than Valeri this round. They both got some goals. Blanco's been getting some more of them this season. It was Valeri's first goal. So uh, nothing really need to overact from this game. Still looking at the same players going forward from both of these teams. Minnesota and Atlanta. Uh, I think the one thing we can really take from this game fantasy-wise is would you all agree that we should have expected more from Atlanta, right? I mean, there there were not really any real goals here. Yeah, I mean, obviously losing one of your defenders early on uh, is key. But the thing is, Atlanta's been bad on the road. They were bad on the road last year, uh, and, and they've continued that um, this year. Even, even though they got the win, uh, certainly not all, all that impressive. Uh, I mean, they did generate some chances like right off the bat, um, which ended up in the own goal. But, um, yeah, if they're going to want to be in the elite in the Eastern Conference, they're going to need to win on the road. So, I mean, that's the thing for Atlanta. You want absolutely want them if they're at home. You don't need them on the road. Yeah, I fell for a trap here, and I saw it on Twitter or somewhere that um, Martinez has scored, I think, one time on the road, and that was last year's hat trick against Minnesota because they played that home and away last year. I mean, Martina, and I, I put Martinez in my team. I thought, you know, Minnesota, the way Minnesota plays, I fell for it, even though somebody had thrown the stats at me. And that, I think that says it all. They just struggle on the road. And you go, and I think some of this give a little bit of credit to Minnesota. Their defense does not look nearly as bad as it did last year. That's I mean, we've we tried to pick against them quite a few a few times already this season, and it just hasn't quite gone the way we want to. So, don't don't just think of Minnesota as a rollover team at home. They can stall out even the best offenses in the league. And of course, the biggest fantasy takeaway from this game is Gonzalez Perez got a red card, and so he will miss their next game. So that is very important, I think, in some of our player pick thoughts coming later on in the show. Uh, San Jose versus New York City FC, a great win for Mike. Congratulations there. Uh, for me, though, San Jose still seems like this grab bag team of, of points with not a lot of consistency with lots of players having the potential to be dangerous. So it, it makes them hard for me to to hone in on someone I want to rely on week in or week out. Um, but maybe you could find that diamond in the rough for yourself. New York City FC, on the other hand, has several great options that are still continuing to produce this week. It was Morales very nicely. And uh, the Tinder boom, as I guess Mike is, <laughs> is calling that one. Uh, for, for those players, though, it's basically what I think we can expect from them. When Via actually finally comes back into the team, perhaps that changes a little bit with him becoming the focal point. But, I mean, New York City still has a lot of people to pick on your team if you can afford them. Uh, Stunner with Houston versus New England. For me, uh, I really thought New England would not come out the winner of this game and that and that Houston would get a lot more of those goals. But uh, New England being able to come back on that counterattack and really turn it on on Houston, set the rest of that game. And, again, the Beasley red card, that's another big one that fantasy managers want to keep an eye on going forward. But don't count Houston out. I know maybe they don't have the defense that they once did, but they still have some offensive teeth, and every now and then you get a fluke. But – Fantasy takeaway, New England has some good value, and if you're going to take a bet on an Otteru or a Switcheroo here, I think when New England's playing early, like in this upcoming week, I think that uh, might be a team to look at for some sneaky points. Uh, wrapping this up quick with our last three games, Sporting Kansas City, D.C. Yep, Gutierrez got a goal, um, and Sporting Kansas City was 
pummeling DC with shots. So I don't think much really to gain from this game. Colorado Philly, Baji is looking to be a great value forward going on. A hat trick from him, really great. Uh, the highest scoring Philadelphia player, I want to point out, though, from the fantasy players, was their defensive midfielder, fielder, Medun Jondon. Uh, I haven't even tried to say that name for a whole year and it didn't work <laughs> at all. Um, but, but we can see he had the highest scoring points of any of the Philly players fantasy-wise, and that what's, that's what tends to happen when you have your D-mid getting a lot of that offensive um, power thrown at him. He can rack up those points from his recoveries and interceptions and, and blocks. So that's the great value, I think, of a D-mid, especially in some of these upcoming double game weeks. And finally, Seattle versus Montreal. Uh, with so many people still missing for Seattle, I don't think it was a shock that this was not a win for them. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more from Piotti out of this with some of that vulnerability, but he did get the assist. Uh, good for him. Montreal got a win. Not much new fantasy information gained from this one, I don't think. So that's what I took from these games, guys. Anything else you want to add or call me out on? Um, I want to call you out on Piotti. I mean, he's had a great season. We haven't talked about it. Like, I think like this was his first of all, the assist he had was gorgeous. I don't know if any of you all saw it. Go find the highlights. A gorgeous little back heel um, to set up. I don't remember who actually scored the goal. But uh, if you look at Piotti's numbers, he's gotten, I think his lowest was this week, and it was a seven. Um, so he's still putting up numbers. I know I was concerned before the season about Piotti's production, production um, without Zamali. Um, he's kept it going and kept doing and kept defying. Even every time I say Piotti's not going to do well, Piotti does well. So uh, keep that in mind. Also, Colorado is not bad. Like they, every performance they've had is pretty good. They did pretty well in CCL, and then they lost to Toronto. We were expecting a lot worse from them. Uh, had a tough loss uh, against New England, and then have put in some pretty decent results uh, elsewhere. So don't kind of write Colorado off as a, a throwaway team anymore. They're putting together something decent. Uh, Bloomberg had a really good assist uh, on Baji. Uh, I, I wouldn't pick him this week, but it's kind of someone to keep in the back of your mind. I can't get away from this without pointing out Sporting got their first shutout of the season. Um, defense did look a little more organized in this game. I only got to watch part of it due to family stuff, but they looked a little bit more organized and just a team that might be able to turn it around. Um, and then I wanted to speak on the Montreal side. Um, I was, I put it on Reddit right before the round started. I was like, uh, is Montreal a shout for a shutout? And I wish I would have gone all in on that call because with the missing Seattle players, I kind of wondered. But they're the way they're structured right now and the way they're playing as a unit, they are they've shut down now Seattle, they shut down Toronto. They are a really strong team right now, just as a unit. And I think that bodes well for them going forward. And yeah, Piotti's surrounded by playmakers again, or where he can be the playmaker, but he's got enough support where he doesn't feel like he has to do all the load. And I just I really like the way this team's shaping up. I've written about them for a few years ago, and this is probably one of the better teams I've seen them have as a team in that last little bit of time. I think that's what I was thats what I was thinking about whenever I said that uh, I would hope a little bit more from him uh, because he is surrounded by some of that, that talent. And I guess, to be fair, Seattle still had a lot of their defensive unit, and it's really that offensive bite that they were missing with injury and, and absences. Um, but I just would have thought that Montreal could have taken advantage of that, having less pressure on them 
than before. But, but I mean, who is Seattle but missing packing, other than Dempsey? I mean, they had Ladero and they had Bruin. Yeah, they Bruin was back. Um, if you know you're going to run into that, though, uh, Seattle could easily pack the guys behind the ball, and I think they played a little bit more defensive structure on this one. I didn't get to watch all of this game either. I mean, this this game I think was changed by the Leardom red card. You know, um, and then that's where Seattle doesn't have any depth uh, to really replace it right now. Um, you know, I, th- I think that kind of shut down the game for Seattle. You don't really see a whole lot after that as far as points generated, or excuse me, chances generated. Uh, oh, and we can't get through this section without pointing out that Ladero got 11 points this round without a goal or an assist. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Ladero. And also, I'm going to give credit on the SKC clean sheet. I, I think that's more just Ben Olsen being a terrible offensive coach and having Mullins and Maddox not on the field at the same time. I, I laughed my butt <laughs> off at the Sporting Kansas City announcers. Like, yeah, you know, we're, we, it was weird. We thought, you know, maybe Ben Olsen would like try to have Mullins and Maddox on the field at the same time to generate a goal. I was like, yeah, you would think that because you, you were smart and have watched soccer more than 20 minutes, but Ben Olsen has it because he's an idiot. Oh, Ben Olsen. <laughs> I don't know why they haven't fired him yet. <laughs> well, anything else you want to add that doesn't involve raking me over the coals? Um, no, those are all good things to point out. Thanks for correcting no, me. No, I just want to keep raking you over the coals. That's okay, it. we'll keep doing that too. Then. Okay. <laughs> uh, is there okay. anything else? I'll, I'll think of something else that you're wrong about later. Okay, you can add it on there. Uh, let's move into the housekeeping then, into coming into a week that's not i think what people expect if you're looking at the schedule in the fantasy game uh there are several teams on a buy this week and several that are on a buy that you may not know they are new york city fc minnesota and seattle all are on a buy and because of ccl rescheduling toronto and dc and new york red bulls and houston are also on a buy though the game does not reflect that yet so keep that in mind that toronto houston the red bulls and dc are all on a buy don't take their players unless they're going to be uh, an auto option for you. Games well, do start. On- do that. Would you, I mean, un- unless it's fixed, I wouldn't put them in auto or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely right not. If their I mean, match time rolls around as listed on the website, even if the game doesn't happen, <clears throat> that if the program is set to lock them at kickoff, they are locked in at that kickoff. So well, don't be even- locked in at kick. That's the same thing with your, with your, other players anyway i mean they'd be do not plays is what would happen so if you're just going to have them in there as a placeholder or someone that's just going to get swapped out anyway you but, can. but, this but, is but there's, there's far too many teams with three teams not playing you have plenty of low-cost options you yeah. can have just take your buy because they never get locked out until after the rounds so over if right. you get one of these guys that play and i think we've learned time not slot. to trust this user interface whatsoever <laughs> so don't kind of risk it <laughs> Uh, games this week do start on Friday again, so don't uh, miss out on that early lockout. It's not a Saturday game. Friday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time is when the first teams will start to lock. Uh, thank you to everyone with Patreon for, for your continued support and donations. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to one of our newest Patreon members, uh, which is Micah Bockhorn, who just pledged $3. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to be sending off the proof to get the sticker estimates soon. I was trying to hold out to see if I could get a promotion, but I think it's going to be okay. I'm going to send that out to get those ordered, and we can start sending out all the swag that everyone has earned for being such an awesome supporter. If you want to know more about Patreon, it's basically a way that you can help support our podcast to help us cover some of the fees that we incur from 
having the hosting and also to help us share the cost of all the prizes that we order and send out like the stickers and the pint glasses and the scarves that we have. It's It all goes back into the show. It all goes back into our community because you guys are awesome. And we just feel so blessed with you helping us uh, liking this enough to support this project. If you would like to learn more about Patreon and some of the cool exclusives that you get, head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI. And now, Mike, the injury report. Uh, not too much on the injury uh, front. Uh, obviously, David Villa missed um, the game being pulled at the last minute. No word on what exactly he's struggling with, but uh, we'll take that as it is with New York City having a bye this week. Uh, Felipe Gutierrez for Sporting Kansas City. Uh, after he scored a goal, he left the match early, I think after 53 minutes. Uh, Blaine says it's just a knock. Or it was a knock. We don't know how serious it is, so I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, good thing is Sporting Kansas City is pretty well covered. Uh, Hairston for Colorado uh, had to leave on a stretcher. Uh, not sure about uh, whether he, um, he'll he be able to come back. Uh, Leardom got a red card. Uh, DeMarcus Beasley got a red card. Uh, Gonzalez Perez got a red card uh, for Atlanta, like we covered earlier. Um Ben Sweat missed the 18 this week, but it's just for illness, so he should be good to go uh, next time around. Um, Alessandrini and both Dos Santos's, so Dos Dos Santos, uh, missed uh, the 18 this week um, with their injuries. Uh, they were kind of supposed to start this week based on the word from L.A., but as any longtime listeners know, L.A. does not tell the truth with injuries, so God only knows. So that's about it for the injury news. Um, yeah, it was kind of a quiet week. Wouldn't that be Quattro Santos then? <coughs> I mean, that's if you squared them. Now we could add them together. Dos, dos Santos, Quattro Santos. I guess Santos. so. Quattro Santos. I mean, if they're all going to be hurt all year, you know. I <laughs> <laughs> never know. Well, we got a few Reddit questions this week. Thank you for those who submitted them. Uh, again, trying to get things a little bit more pruned. So we're, we're going to try to cover these quickly. First one comes from Le Petit Prof 96. <laughs> Uh, so for the little professor, uh, wants to know, what is our philosophy using differential players? Uh, do we wait for particular matchups and, and the, the first or the first uptick in value? Uh, and do these players end up being auto-rue candidates or do they just stick straight into our starting lineups? Uh, I think for me, the differential players are usually those early players that, that was also mentioned in the uh, original question here. And they're always an auto-rue person because i want to see what their point's going to be before i just am happy with them coming in sometimes like maybe i'm going to do this round looking at uh, montreal and new england maybe put one of each of their defenders on my on my bench and see if one of them can get a switcher or one of them get a clean sheet or let the higher of the two end up subbing in um but i like to look at matchups myself and i like to look at players who have had some uh high ceilings but have also just also have a, a low floor because they're kind of boomer bust players. Anybody else? Yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of that. If you got an early differential, they're definitely an Otteru candidate. If you're going to take a late differential player, I usually look for value. That way, I'm actually getting something out of them this year. Mm, yeah. Just if if nothing else, if you get a two or three point game from them, you get that half a million increase, and you're gold, and you get what you want out of them, even if they don't give it to you, give you the points you want. Um, I will stick a few guys straight into the lineup, but I really have to like the matchup I've got. 
I know there was a point earlier in the season where I just I liked the Gutierrez matchup, so I threw him in my roster. He got ten points for me, stuck him straight into the lineup, and he uh, he, he was one of the later games. There was no point doing an auto rue, and I just went with it because that's what my gut was telling me to do. And I'm a Kansas City fan, so I saw that coming. But where I know a lot of people weren't quite on the bandwagon yet. So it really is a situational thing, but definitely auto ruin if you can. Um, those late options, you differential players. I love some of the tactics we've got now where you grab somebody early and grab somebody late. If your early guy gives you a good score, you drop the late guy to a scrub and throw that money on the field really quick. If not, you roll the dice and see what happens. And I think they're really only most important. I mean, they're fun to use anyway, but if you're in a head-to-head league or if you're someone in that like top 10 players who's trying to to just bounce around between which prize you're going to win, that's when the differentials really come in to play to, to get those extra few points that other people aren't going to get. Um, but uh, they're fun. They're fun. We love them. <laughs> so you mentioned value, Blaine, in that one. Our next question is actually about value, and it comes from CM Matzat, and he says that a few of the top price players – have to do ridiculously well with their prices like Higuain. And eventually, we already mentioned, uh, Vela and Rossi are going to be in the same situation. Uh, is it better? Is it a better strategy to go for several maybe mid-range players, 8.5 to 10 million, as opposed to a few of the high-valued 11 million-plus players due to the risk of losing budget? Or is having a few uh, sure price increases worth the risk for those expensive guys. Uh, Mike, what do you think of this one? You seem to be the value guru. <laughs> I wish I was the value guru. This week <laughs> after watching Higuain and Zardes lose, I was I was reminded by how little I know. <clears throat> um, I, I think it probably depends. I mean, the problem for a lot of those 8.5 to 10 million players is it depends which 8.5 or 10 million player um, you have. Uh, for example, Josie Altidore, uh, scored two goals this week and his value went down. Why? Because he had had a bunch of bunch of bad outings. So the first question is, why are those eight point five to ten million players at the price they are? If they were a high guy who dropped down, they may still be dropping down. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't know enough about the system other than to say past results seem to help, and you don't want to get players who have a big game that's about to drop off at the five game or three game mark because that seems to lower their average and lead to pro- a potential price decrease. Um, with the 11 million players, I think you're going to see them bounce up and down uh, a lot. Um, <clears throat> I think it's something where you have to really look at the budget and see, okay, is there a big cliff of a, of a game dropping off? And if not, okay, and if they have a good matchup and I think they'll score something, then you go for them. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's going to be risky. Now, if you have some of those up-and-coming 8.5 guys, yeah, they're great, but they're going to be short and few and far between because they're going to be 10 million guys with the way this system is. So I, I think you just kind of have to look at each individual. And, I mean, the, the bad thing is if, if you want to be really on top of price, you have to put in a lot of time to look at the every player's individual scores because there isn't any shorthand. I mean, like we were Blaine and I were talking last week, the um, points – um, per price um, st- a statistic is pretty much not as useful now going forward uh, once you get past the five games. And as we learned with Zardes, there's even more. It's got to be the three games too. So, And you don't have the breakdown in the stat center to do that. So <clears throat> um, I think just in, in general, 
you're always trying to try to target some of those cheaper guys for the defenders and, you know, some of the midfielders. And then up front, you're pretty much, you know, if you have some cheap forward who all of a sudden is starting, all of a sudden starting, scoring goals, then he can feel pretty safe about it. But other than that, you're probably taking a lot of risks unless you do a lot of homework. Yeah, I'm, I've been talking about it for a while that I think we're going to find that balancing point here in this game where your more premium players that are performing like a premium player are going to get that price point. And I think Zardes is there now. He's hovering around that $9.5 That's where he really does belong as a player, given his current production. Um, Gutierrez is a guy 5-5. Five five. He, he went up another .5 this round. He's over that $10 million mark finally. Um, I think he's going to top out somewhere between that 10.5 and 11, and that's when you're going to see his price, price fluctuate. Knowing see, Wayne, that, I disagree with that. The notion that Zardes he scored four goals in five games. I think that's easily a ten million dollar player. He's a surefire starter. He's been very consistent over four games. That I mean, at least if the five game matter average matters, like that should be, like he he should be a premium guy. He should be a premium forward. He shouldn't be a discount forward. So, I mean, maybe we are finding it with like some decreases, but. This look at some of your, is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, look at some of your other premium forwards, though. Um, Giovinco <clears throat> and Josie are falling down a little bit to that range. I mean, you've really got to be on fire to stay up with that and look at their average compared to some of the midfielders who have got a higher average. Um, I don't – trying to pull these stats up really quick. Um, don't know what Zarda's average is, but Piatti, I've got him on my roster right now. He's at 11.7 with an 8.5 average. Mm. I mean um, – and- Piotti, I think, is probably one of the highest-scoring players in the game. So he definitely deserves to be an above-premium yeah. midfielder. Zardes, um, Zardes has got a 6.4 average and sit on points and sitting at that. And I mean, those Toronto guys, once they're done with CCL and they stop playing around, you're going to want Giovinco. Um, yeah. He may have a little bit of a drag, but we'll see but, how but much he, of the drag has already t- happened. Yeah, Giovinco's fallen to a 9.5, and he's got a 4 average. Josie's at 9.2 with a 6 average. So just some just some bulk numbers that we can't really dig into too much here. But Zardes is putting up around the same average, and he's priced around where those other guys at that same average are priced. Now, midfielders are higher, but they also have a little bit higher average overall. I mean, Mauro Diaz has got a 6.6 average, and he's 10.3. So you're seeing that if that's the way they're trying to balance this, which I think there is some of that going on, you're going to have to watch that. Now, I think we're getting to a point in the season where if you're over that about 113 million mark, it's time to maybe not play the value game quite so closely and start looking at your trade-offs. Can I afford to take Zardes with his matchup, knowing that he has a potential to drop because I need those points instead of I need that value? Once you hit certain numbers of money, we've got ridiculous amounts of money floating around. What are you going to do with 125 million if you're 200 points off the pace at that point? Um, you've got to you got to play that balancing act if you're in your head-to-head leagues, whatever. Balance it against wh- what points you need. You may you may see that you're way up after the first few games and go, okay, I can throw in a couple of guys that are maybe not big points pl- points guys, but for my money, and play for the long game. If you're behind on points, you may say, oh, screw the value. I need to go get points right now. So kind of play that balancing game because eventually you're going to have to throw it all into points to try to salvage your season wherever you're at, whatever your goal is, because money doesn't do anything. Points are what gets you prizes. 
Very true. Uh, keeping you on the the mic, Blaine, the last question I know you had some thoughts on. Uh, this one comes from Overscore. He says, what are your thoughts <laughs> on the Javinko point situation? Uh, it really hurt my switcheroo execution. If rolling transfers are a mechanic that FMLS intends to use, should they ensure that scores are as accurate as possible as soon as possible? Uh, for those who may not be aware of this, uh, Javinko did miss a PK, and uh, Overscore is talking about the the minus two getting added in a little bit later when corrections tend to happen. Yeah, so number one thought, and sorry to say it bluntly, Overscore, but don't predict on errors in prices ever. Giovinco got a five. He deserved a five. Just because they said it was a seven and you made your decision based on that seven, you knew he missed a penalty. If you watched the game, you saw it. If you looked at his stats, you saw it. Don't don't bank on them getting something wrong all the time and do that. That said, I do think it is a little a little dirty for MLS to not have this, not be on top of this, and to get these in on time. But we, I think we've seen this all season that this minus two for a penalty miss has not been calculated properly in real time. I think they may be fixing these on the Monday after whenever they do their scoring updates and catching that and getting that in there and doing it manually. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I only know of one other for sure penalty miss. Maybe there's another one this season. As far as I know, I think they've all been calculated or they were overlooked that first week when there was everything else going wrong and they didn't have a chance to get it all in. But I, I think we I think there needs to be a push for a little more accuracy during the week because it does hurt those rolling transfers. It does hurt your switcheroo from auto choices. But don't bank on something being wrong, and that's what's going to give you those extra two points because the rules are the rules. They're going to be followed as closely as they can, and if somebody makes them MLS aware, they're going to try to get it fixed. I, I think to some ex- extent too, it's it's a little bit of the the risk you run with doing the switcheroos and some of these more uh, micromanaging with transfers. That if if an adjustment does come, that you do have the risk of that happening. But I think you're right, and, and Overscore has a good point overall that that trying to get the game as accurate as it can be, as quickly as it can be, is definitely a goal that you strive for. And the thing is, I think Overscore had some real concerns because the game hasn't been accurate. It hasn't been updated. I mean, we're going into this week, and as of right now, what the schedule is telling us is we have a two-month-long round this week. This game has not been accurate from day one. It's not been well-managed. I don't know if it's the company or what. You know, I'm not going to go on my Taylor Twelman rant again, but it's not acceptable. Um, This kind of uncertainty for more than two days, because I think it was still the case on Sunday, um, you know, at that point, like, what, what do you do? You know, it, yeah, you can hope that they're going to fix it, but then you may miss out on two points. So I, I think players were put in a bad situation. We talked about this the, the week I went on my Taylor Twilman rant, that you need accurate scores in order to do this keep through, and it still has been fixed. So maybe they've got a fix now, but we've been told that, it, you know, they've got a fix and they're good to go every single week. And every single week we have had a new problem to talk about with this game. It's embarrassing, it's disgraceful, and it needs to be fixed. I don't know who at MLS needs to do it, but they need to get off of what they're doing and make this a priority because players are leaving and it needs to stop. That was like two desk slams right there. Wow, wow. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous every week. Oh, no, I, think, I, 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 mean, I think everyone uh, 
agrees to, to that, that there's lots of stuff that, that we want addressed. And um, I think that that's going to be a focus of ours. I know that's going to be a focus of ours on this show. Those of us who are involved in the fantasy boss project and the fantasy insider project going forward. And uh, we are, Definitely. I know Mike and Blaine and I are all doing everything that we can to try to make sure that those concerns are expressed. And um, when the time comes for that feedback to be implemented, that we make sure that it continues to be heard. All right. Fun conversations, as always. We're going to have to have just a separate podcast just to rant about this stuff, I think, Mike. Just Mike rants with Mike, I guess, is what we'll have to have to have we, we, we could do that has set up a separate patreon Part of our, like, we'll have how, a... how many rants with mics do y'all want <laughs> <laughs> rants with mics star wars episodes with rita mike uh we gotta get some star with wars episodes too. with mike is gonna happen this yeah is... we're gonna do that we're, that we're, that will that, happen that you guys just let us know what you want to hear us talk about star wars related and we'll make it happen maybe get uh phil back on here to be our moderator I'll, I'll trade you spots we'll do a patreon exclusive i'll host <laughs> you two can talk star wars i'll ask you guys questions and let you go at it <laughs> that could be fun how much time do we have i don't know when's the next spring break uh but let's get to our games we got games coming up for round six uh some pretty interesting ones a lot of them for me are kind of lackluster just some of the matches so i'm interested to hearing what you guys have to say about them let's start out blame with your montreal new england versus montreal what do you think three minutes go um i saw this one on the list for me to do and my initial reaction was who knows um, I really think this is dependent on which New England team we get. With Pania playing the way he has, with Fagundas leading the offense as he is capable of doing, this New England team is capable of dropping three or four goals on Montreal. Whether they're actually going to do that is another question. So really go with your gut. My gut says we're going to get a halfway decent New England squad out of this, and we're going to come out with a 2-2 game. I really like the way Piotti and Vargas have been working together with this offense. Vargas has been getting the goals. Piotti's been pulling the strings. I, I think either one of those two guys for New England, even on the road, are solid pickups here. And then, as I mentioned, Pania's been getting it done. Fagundes has been getting it done. If I had to pick one of those two, I'm leaning more towards Fagundes because of his position. Um, I think with the forwards, Pania's a good option and maybe an Otteru candidate if you're playing switching between a midfielder and a forward. But I think there's some other forward options that keep Pania out of my roster this week. So, yeah, going 2-2, I really do think Montreal is going to keep up the pressure they've been doing and show you just what they've got, but it all depends on what New England side we see. Right. Mike, Atlanta versus L.A., and please do mention if you're going to go with Zlatan, why or why not? Wrong L.A. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go with Zatan in this game. Oh, did I put the wrong point? I left off the <laughs> FC. Uh, see, oh. <laughs> I knew this would catch me at some point. LAFC. So. Um, but no, I am going to go uh, with Vela. Um, no LGP uh, for Atlanta United. Um, I think there is so many goals in this game. Uh, we know Atlanta at home. Uh, you, you don't need me to tell you. You have to have Almiron and Joseph Martinez on your team. Um, I think what we saw from LAFC last week, and we've kind of seen this as a pattern, they start off strong and then they can't, they have to sort of hold on at the end. And this was the first week where they couldn't hold on and they got blown out of the water. I think you're going to see that again with the, uh, this team. I think LAFC will start off strong and then Atlanta will claw, claw back. Uh, you know, big crowd, all of that. I, I could easily see this being a 3 2 win for Atlanta. 
I think he went offensive players. There's absolutely no reason to go defenders here. Uh, I know some of them have good price rises, but you better put them in auto ruse or anything like that because it is an earlier game because they ain't getting clean sheets this week. Um, yeah, plenty of goals, 3-2. Atlanta. All right, Blaine, Philly versus RSL. Uh, this is actually Philly versus San Jose. You're on a roll this week. I am. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why did I? Uh, you you talk about San Jose, and I'm going to check the rest of my uh, we, notes here. You've been talking sure. to Jason because all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I'm going to stick RSL here even though it's not warranted. I started doing like, my research. No, I had a lot of stuff going on, and so I just made the comparison. <laughs> I was putting down these notes. I started doing my research for this game, and I was like, ooh, Philly RSL. i got a bunch of good points on here. And then I got down to another one. I'm like, ooh, you've got RSL versus Vancouver. Who's wrong? (laughs) Copy and paste um, fail. I think this is another one of those games where I hate to give a prediction because I don't know what's going to happen. Philadelphia's kind of been a mixed bag. They do play better at home, so I have to give them the edge. But San Jose is another one of those teams. I think they've got all the pieces. If they can ever put it together, they can give a te- any team a run for their money, home or away. Um, I do look for Philly to bounce back here. I'm going to go on a limb and say it's a three-one win. I think San Jose may push for that extra for that goal to catch back up, and and it'll give uh, Philly a chance on the counter. Uh, since I'm predicting a three a three scoreline for uh, Philadelphia, Sapong has got to be in there. Uh, Madunjanin's the other player I'm kind of looking at from this game, unless you want to look at some defenders. Um, they've got a lot of defenders pre- uh, primed for price rises, so this could be an early order candidates for defense. There's a few later games that you could easily switch to and try to make up points if you don't get them here. Um, Vaco for San Jose is another one of those, though. I just I like this matchup for him, even though he's on the road. If you want to take grab one of those differential players, I think he could have a really good game in this one, knowing how Philadelphia plays and knowing what positions he gets into on the field. So, yeah, kind of a not necessarily looking at a whole lot of guys from here, but potentially maybe a defender or two and Sapong if you've got him. But I still think there's better forward options around the league this week. So three one Philly on this one. All right. Okay. So I've double checked my notes. I've made sure my printer's working. Mike, Dallas versus Colorado. Okay. Um, I don't know how much fantasy value there is in this game. Um, part of it is because I'm really not sure what to make of Colorado. I think they're better than last year. Uh, but I mean, they, they are still on the road. And also, Dallas is just another one of those weird teams where, and I kind of feel like this is the theme for the Western Conference in general. Uh, and it's been a problem for fantasy. Is I don't know which Dallas is going to show up. I don't know if we're going to see. Uh, Diaz uh, working well with the Rudy. Uh, I'm generally staying away from this game. Um, offensively, I, I, I think Colorado players would only be differentials or auto ruse. Um, I could see maybe going with Diaz or Rudy if you just really think Dallas is going to do well. But in general, I think most fantasy players are only going to look at Dallas defend, defenders. Um, they're generally reasonably priced because they haven't played as many games as some of the other ones. They only have one clean sheet, but um, you know, we know how good defensively they are at home. So that's probably where your best value is. I think this is one nothing or 2-1 uh, for Dallas. Okay, Blaine, Chicago versus Columbus. Yeah, I, I think this is going to have some fantasy value hidden in it, but I don't think this is going to be a fun game to watch. I think you're going to get your slow churn of a game. Um, I do like Columbus chances on the road here, but with the way Chicago plays, I think it's going to be a very slow paced game. They're not going to want to let Columbus break out and run with them. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and predict a 2-2 scoreline here. I think Columbus is going to strike early, and they're going to be able to carry a 2-1 lead late into the game. But Chicago has been known to equalize. They did it to Kansas City a few times. Um, Late game, when they start pushing their attack, I think they can make magic happen. So I'm going to go ahead and predict that uh, 2-2 scoreline with the Chicago late equalizer. Um, I think if you're going to look at Chicago players, Nikolic is your guy to go with. Um, Zardes and Higuain are both still value or solid options. The value may or may not be there, but I think those two are the guys that are going to be getting the bulk of the points in this one again. So Nico Zardes and Higuain for a two-two draw. Okay, Mike. This time it's actually RSL and they're playing Vancouver. Oh, you. I feel like just for Jason, I should give a yawn. Uh, but actually, um, Rusnak has had a really good um, year, uh, even against uh, Toronto. Uh, he was still able to put offensive points. I, I think he's definitely someone you need to consider in your midfield um, because of how well we know that he did last year at home. And he's been doing it again this year. Even though RSL's results have been pretty, his fantasy scores have still been up there. So he's almost a must-have. Now, we know Vancouver's been very... Uh, frustrating towards uh, opposing offenses on the road. I think there's a little bit of a mirage in that. Um, I'm not fully um, invested in it. So I think you're okay, but RSL's defense hasn't looked good. So if you wanted to kind of keep up with a Kai Kamara differential, Otteru, um option, I-, I wouldn't blame you. Breck Shea would be another one uh, to consider about there. Um, I wouldn't go too much with RSL defenders, although – um, I am thinking about Nick Romano as part of uh, a keeperu, just because of nothing else. He's gotten the penalty saves, so he can get some value. So um, I'm thinking two one RSL or in this one, maybe two two uh, draw, something like that. Okay, Blaine, moving to Orlando versus Portland. Um, yeah, what Orlando are we gonna see? <laughs> the theme that we have. Uh, yeah, you give me all these matchups. You, you just in you fairness, just like all of the matchups are like this this week. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that, yeah. that's why I said when I look through this this list of teams, a lot of the away teams are the ones that I've liked when they're at home the most. A lot of the home teams have either been lackluster or just haven't really got anything good or bad. And, and then some of the matchups, like you said, Chicago Columbus, like that's pretty even. I mean, I don't know where that that could fall either way. So yeah, I mean, a lot of them are. Eh. I'll say it now. Dwyer scores or Dwyer gets a red card. That's how I see this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gotten one in his career. I don't remember who it was against. It was while he was with Kansas City. But with the way Portland likes to play, um, Dwyer's going to get frustrated, and he's either going to haul off and hit somebody or he's going to score a goal. So there you go. Dwyer's my highlight fantasy pick for this one. I think with the way um, Orlando switched to the 4-2-3-1, it really did spark this team. I think Dwyer being back really helped this offense out a lot. I think he brings the value of everybody up around him now that he's back. But I still think the ball is going to go through him for a little while longer. I When I saw this one on my list to do tonight, I went ahead and picked a 3-1 Orlando scoreline. I think when it rains, it pours, and I think they're going to get it going, and they're going to find a way to score a few goals. I do like Valerian Blanco, though. I know Blanco's been hot this to start the season. Char is back, which has really helped the attack out, just giving that little bit of extra defensive cover. 
So I do think they find a way to score, and Orlando's defense has not been with it enough to get the clean sheet here. So I'm going to go ahead and say 3-1, but Dwyer is really the only person I'm looking at here. All right, and Mike, wrap it up with the actual L.A. team versus Sporting Kansas City. And now do you want Zlatan? Well, first of all, you just threw a massive amount of shade the actual L.A. team. Wow. <laughs> that we was not intended. That, that was not goal. intended. Man. I mean, I know they lost to Darby, but dang, man. <laughs> that oh, was not intended. Got to, you got your sash on? What, what are you <laughs> Um. I don't know what to call about this game because I don't know who's playing. Yeah. I mean, um, for Sporting Kansas City, a lot's going to depend on if Felipe Gutierrez. He's been such a, a huge part of what they've done offensively. Um, if he's out, they kind of struggled against DC, only scoring one goal. Uh, I could see them struggling again. Um, as far as Zlatan, I am not going with Zlatan. Um, this is a later game, so... You know, if it was an earlier game, I might feel more comfortable with it. But as of right now, he's still, you know, just coming off training. Uh, I'm expecting Alessandrini and the Dos Santos or Cuatro Dos Santos to come back. So I'm thinking he's probably still a sub role. And, and for me, I'm not going to spend $10 million this week um, when you have Joseph Martinez and Carlos Vela uh, in some pretty juicy matchups. Um, I'm just not going to spend the $10 million this week. But I could see a lot of goals. But... As of right now, I have a hard time picking any of their players because I don't know if any of them are going to play. Like, literally all of them are question marks to start that I would pick. Like, Gutierrez, um, Alessandrini. Uh, I mean, Sebastian Legette could be a good option if he starts in the kind of the same formation that we saw that last week. Um, I think he's someone to definitely look at. No defenders from this game whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, if you want to risk for Zlatan, obviously what we saw in Sporting Kansas City's defense, it's – pretty wide open for goals so um yeah i think there's goals i don't know where it's going to come from three two okay um, mike three, question one. yeah i'm not i'm not going to critique you but question um i feel like this is would, probably going to be a critique even though you said it. <laughs> no 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 would you take would you take ola kamara or or zlatan switch to ola kamara if zlatan doesn't start would you run your risk on that there you've got your backup player you've got somebody right there on the bench, ready to go, or right there, ready to roll, rolling transfer in. Do you take an LA forward against the, this bad sporting defense? Um, I would consider if if I took if I wanted uh, the coverage, that's what I would probably do. All right. Thank you very much, guys, for those uh, suggestions and and guesses. Now let's move on to the player picks for the chalkboard keepers. Blaine. Um. Right now, I have Evan Bush in uh, Kiparu, and I have no idea who he's switching to. All right, Mike. Uh, I have Matt Turner as the first part of the switcheroo, Kiparu, and then I, I, like I said, I have Nick Rabondo as the second part. And then uh, I also have Turner as the first part of a switcheroo, and I'm not quite sure, just like Blaine, who I might go with, but I'm considering Blake as uh, the option. Going on to defenders, Mike. Okay. Um, I have El Munir for Orlando. Um, this is a great one because he's been played like trash, but has been fantasy gold. So um, he's probably due a price rise, so that's why he's in there. I have Cannon for Dallas, um, even though he retired on April Fool day, Fool's Day. Uh, Anibaba for New England, and then Vincent. Um, those are part of the auto the last two, Anibaba and Vincent. Fine. 
Um, I have Trusty and Rosenberry for uh, Philadelphia, and then El Munir and Tarek for Orlando. This is all definitely subject to change, but I really do kind of like Philadelphia and Orlando's defenses this week, so that's where I'm going with. Uh, for me, I also have uh, El Munir, and then I have Rosenberry as well in my team. And right now, and this this may definitely change, I'm considering having some sort of auto rue with uh, Tierney and Cabrera, or just maybe a couple of low-cost New England and Montreal players. Uh, what I would do is I would have both of those guys on my bench and then have a, uh, a third forward in there and then have uh, another buy player in, there, in that third defender spot that one of them could switch in for whoever scores higher. That's kind of a thought I'm running with right now, but I'm uh, not quite sure I don't like a lot of the defender options. Midfielders, Blaine. Um, again, completely up in the air. I did not like this matchups this week. Right now I have Diaz for Dallas, Davies, um, and Vargas and Piotti for Montreal. I really do like the way they're playing on the road right now. So that's, it, it's a couple of more road guys here, but yeah. And then I've got Fagundes on the bench as part of a uh, switcheroo, Otteroo. Mike. I have a Sasha question, um, Almiron, uh, Miram and Rusnak. And then I have uh, Casado or Casado for uh, New England as the um, third part of the Otteroo right now. Although I am, I, I'm going to see the lineup and see because that may be Bunbury um, in that spot. Um, but I think he came off early, so I just want to make sure that he's okay before I put him in. Very nice. Uh, I'm just like you, Blaine. A lot of stuff is still in flux right now as I'm waiting to see some more of the stats. But I've got uh, Almiron, Rusnak. Blanco and Schweinsteiger right now as as four options, but uh, may go with some more Orlando guys. Forwards, Blaine. Um, I'm running three right now. I've got Dwyer, Vela, and uh, Zlatan. Ooh, Mike. I have Martinez and Vela. I also have three right now. I have Vela, Martinez, and Sapong actually. Captains, Mike. Almiron. Blaine. Unknown. Uh, uh, right now it's on Dwyer, but that's probably where it was hung over from last week. <laughs> uh, I'm like you, Mike. I'm I'm stuck between two. I'm looking at either Almiron or maybe Vela. I might I might roll his dice again. And finally, clean sheet chances, Blaine. The only two that really jumped out at me as potentials, and I don't like the potentials here, are Philadelphia and Orlando. Mike, um, I, I don't like. Like I said with Blake, I don't like a whole lot of them. I think New England maybe uh, against Montreal, um, maybe uh, Columbus. Excuse me, uh, Chicago against Columbus. No, again, I, I, I don't really like any of the chances. For a clean sheet this round, I've been trying to look at guys who would be more potential value increases than not. I, I I could see one of the teams getting a shutout with New England and Montreal, which is why I'm trying with that little rotation there, um, or maybe Philadelphia. But it's just I just don't think this is a good round for defenders. So more yeah, I think this is a round for community. play value, don't play shutouts. Right. And that's what I did. I mean, this is a week to put defenders in auto rules and, you know, invest up top. 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for those tips and suggestions. I hope everyone found that helpful and that you'll be able to get your team set with maybe something like this uh, closer to Friday when the games do start. Now, moving on to league updates. Uh, as I already mentioned, uh, I myself lost all of my matches, though they were were pretty close. The Patreon Seasonal League right now, I'm getting it loaded up, and it's taking a little bit longer than I had hoped for. Is that loads? Uh, Mike and Blaine, any leagues you want to talk about? Uh, I am uh, 4-0 and in uh, the head host league. Oh, snap. So enjoying that. Although I am sad that um, Andrew Weeby got his first win this week. Who did he beat? Oh, I don't know, but it, whoever it was should be kicked out of the league. We're going to find that out next. Uh, Alex Rosheim is still at top with points in our uh, Patreon seasonal league. So congrats to him for maintaining that spot. But now we have to do some quick investigation on who Andrew BB beat in our, okay. in our league. Let's, Let's see. see. phone. It's a sporting, uh, excuse me, it's a Seattle Sounders. Let's see, because they don't have the names in the schedule page. Who is Bawana? That's Andrew Crawlard. Wow. Well, he's he, we I'm be sorry, be Andrew. Crawlard. Oh, snap. Oh, Andrew snap. on Andrew violence. <laughs> never, never good. <laughs> I wonder if he handed off the spoon whenever that happened. I don't know. Uh, yeah. we'll... Rough, rough time for the Sounders. You know, it was, it was a rough time indeed. Uh, that's the quick league update. Oh, Blaine, anything for you? Uh, played in that. Uh, the tacos league as they call themselves now they're tacos fans not actual like fantasy tacos and i'm sitting in fifth last year and i won that league or fifth this year won the league last year so they've gotten a lot better or i've gotten a lot worse um take your pick on that one (laughs) we'll go with the first part yeah that's that's what we're trying to do here well that's all that we have for the show tonight ending up with plugs blaine anything from you yeah, I ran a new article out on Fantasy Boss last week about advanced transfer tactics. Basically, all the arus you can do. I think my advice was mostly garbage on it, but the tactics were there. My players that I picked did not do very well on that one. But I'll continue to roll that out every week. Um, if I continue to suck it up, just go with everybody I don't pick. But ah. yeah. <laughs> Mike? Uh, yeah, I actually have a real big plug. Um we have a new uh, news account at MLS lineup news. So we talked last week about um, people struggling on their phones while they're busy um, getting lineup information. Well, now there's an account that'll do that. It will tweet only, 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 only lineup news. So you can set it to mobile notifications um, for that account and you'll just get it straight uh, of the alert. Um, if you're interested in helping that, helping me out with that, just let me know. Um, it's no commitment. I'm just going to send out a schedule every week and see who can cover what games, and uh, we'll go from there. So this is a community project. Um, I launched it last week. Um, I think it went well. Um, people were very happy to have the service. And so uh, obviously if, if that's going to continue, I cannot promise that I will be able to tweet every single lineup for every single game. Uh, <laughs> I am I am psychotic enough with the injury news, but I'm not that psychotic because my wife will absolutely leave me <laughs> on my phone that much. So. Um, Definitely, I have have had a few people uh, reach out, but it could always use more. So hit me up at Mike Dak Tiger or um, at MLS Injury News and let me know and send me your email address and I'll put you on the list and I'll be sending that out um, this week to get um, 
uh, this weekend's uh, game scheduled for uh, the lineup. So, uh, yeah, if you're having trouble, if you know you're going to be uh, on the road and able to look quick, I, I tweet out the lineups and give you a quick um, fantasy, you know, no surprises or if there's any big uh, fantasy players that we've talked about who aren't going to play and you get all the news straight to your phone. All right, and of course, for me, keep an eye out on MLSFantasyBoss.com for all the updates that I'm going to have with charts and ELO rankings, as well as the posts that other people like Blaine are going to be having coming out. I'll have my article coming up at MLSSoccer.com with my weekly player picks, and I've been coming back on to the Sirius Radio with uh, Jason Davis talking about soccer, giving little previews when we get close to the round and uh it's been a lot of fun so lots of projects for getting fantasy information out there if you uh know of something else that we don't know about let me know and i'll get it added to our weekly 11th hour roundup page so that we can make sure that we spread all the information that we can to as many people as we can because after all it's a service that we like to provide it's fun thank you so much everyone for listening i hope you found some helpful hints and good luck <laughs>